Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Hello again and uh, welcome to Belmont Banter and uh, this evening's guest is Scott Porter and I'm delighted to have Scott with me this evening. Uh, he's been involved with Whitstable Town for a number of years now. Good evening, Tony. How are you? I'm very well, Scott. Lovely to have you on board. Scott, I'd like to start by going back a long way, and I mean a long, long way. I'd like to know who got you first involved in football. Was it your brother, your dad, an uncle, or your mates? How did it all start? Well, it's a family thing, really. My dad's always been involved in football. Uh, and obviously, my older brother, Daniel, uh, was already playing football. Obviously, once I reached about four or five, and then obviously he was at Bay United at the, at the time, and obviously got me involved. And to be fair, since I was four or five, I haven't looked back really, and I've just moved in my brother's footsteps because uh, Daniel was obviously two years older than me, and obviously my dad was always involved in football. I used to go go with him as a kid and watch him play for Hive, various Sunday morning sides, and uh, yeah, it hasn't really stopped from there really so it's been a family thing and obviously at one stage to be fair we we all played in the same Sunday morning team me my dad and me brother yeah that was a bit bizarre must have been fun uh, yeah it was yes the dad was touching on 40s I think in the end or 45s and uh, yeah we played for a various number of Sunday morning teams and yeah it's quite interesting but we had a few rows a few, <laughs> a few uh, a bit of banter in the car but Apart from that, picking me up, dragging me out of bed in the morning when I was hungover. But apart from that, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I can well remember a few times standing with your dad at away games, and he was always a good sense of fun because uh, I listened to the comments he made when you were uh, on the touchline there, and sometimes he'd say to me, "Oh my God, I wish my boy had calmed down a bit." <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he he says it to me all the time, and he still says it to me now. To be fair, but that's never going to be taken away from me. Do you know what I mean? And he he can tell me everything on nod at him and just do it exactly the same the opposite uh, the following week anyway so it didn't really matter <laughs> Right, I know quite a bit about your football career because Ron Martin at the football club's given me a bit of a bio to you so, but I, I want you to fill in a few gaps for me and, and really they start before you got involved with senior football so you, you just highlighted uh, Dan got you, your brother got you involved in football per se but then once you got over the age of about six or seven how then did you progress and start playing men's football? What happened then? Yeah, to be fair, I was at a good level at uh, kids' football. Then I went to Gillingham to be at 15 on the YTS. And I'd done a year there, and there was well, a year and a half. And then it was obviously you get your, obviously your full-time stuff. And obviously I didn't get that. And then obviously Neil Cudby then took over at Folkestone. Uh, and I was 15 at the time. And I made my debut uh, at 15 playing... Uh, for Folkestone uh, against Faversham, a bit of eight nil at the time. Ricky Rayner was up front, and I played right back. And I was still at school at the time, and uh, we beat them eight nil the last game of the season. And Neil then obviously took over for the following season. And Dennis Hunt was uh, around at the time, and uh, there were some old faces there, you know, Timmy Dixon and people like that. And and I remember, I think I set up three or four goals just from playing right back. Went to school the net on the Monday, and obviously. Various people were watching the game, you know, so it's a bit, you know, I picked up, I think it was 20 quid at the time, you know, still at school, you know, so from there on, it, it, you know, it, I stayed at Folkestone with Neil for, for a little bit and then 
after that, obviously, they was getting, obviously, the more experienced players. Obviously, Neil trying to get them out of the Kent League at the time. And then ended up going to Lid, I think. And then went back to Hive. And then stayed at Hive, really, for, for to the time I've really come to Whistable, really. So, obviously, my playing days at Hive under Paul Fisk. Well, Dave Lindstrom first, Paul Fisk after that. And then, obviously, Paul Fisk had to step down for family reasons. And then, obviously, I... I was his coach, then assistant manager. And then, obviously, I applied for the job at 30 and obviously got the job. So, yeah, so it's just... It's, I've been at Hive for a long time. Hive's where I was my stomping ground, really. Obviously, I was at Folks and when Neil first took over. Uh, but, obviously, he had his other plans, which is fair enough. And then, obviously, I had a little bit of time at Lid with Andy King and Paul Fisk at the time, then went back to Hive with Paul Fisk. So, yeah, I had a, yeah, just a mixed motion with certain clubs down in that sort of area, really. Because you're a local boy down there, aren't you? Yeah, I'm only, I live in Auckland, so I'm only five minutes from Folkestone and ten minutes from Hyde, really. So uh, it was ideal for me at the time. Perfect fit for you. And there was a, I understand from what Ron was telling me, you had quite a nasty injury which uh, stopped you playing football. Yeah, I don't, to be fair, it's a silly injury, really. We've got, we've got a lot of hills in Auckland. We had a bit of snow one year, and I decided to go down one of the hills on the back of a four-style signboard, and... Uh, <laughs> It didn't really work. It didn't really work. It wasn't a football injury as such, but it, it did ruin my football in uh, career regarding playing because my knee's still not the same now. Never had anything done to it. Uh, but yeah, a bit of stupidity with all the boys up this way. And uh, yeah, and then it just, that just pushed me the way of obviously coaching. No disrespect, I haven't had, I've never done my coaching badges. I've just done a bit of coaching for Paul Fist and then obviously. Justin Lutchard was the assistant. I think he moved on and then I took the assistant manager's job and then I was the reserve manager for a little bit, uh, to be fair, only for a certain amount of months. And then obviously ended up being Fisky's assistant and uh, carried on from there. But yeah, my playing career got cut short, to be fair, just through that stupidity injury. But, you know, know, I don't think I was going to go anywhere at any higher level than the Kent League at the time with Hive. No disrespect, Hive wasn't going to go any further than that at, at the time because no disrespect, they didn't have the resources, the sponsorship uh, and the players at the time. And to be fair, you know, turned it around a little bit, to be fair, with everything. I think you're being a bit modest there. You more than turned it around. I mean, you were the first Kent League side to take a Kent League club as far as you did in the FA. It was just unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, the, to be fair, the first season was getting in there. Everyone was saying you've got to take, take away being a player to be a manager. You've got to take away being a mate to being a manager. But I've always been been the same. I'm I'm a manager, but I'm also your mate. I would do. I can do both. I can I can be a manager in the changing room, but then when we walk out of that changing room, we go into the bar. I'll be your mate. Football stops there, and we you know we can have a drink. We can. Forget about what goes on in the change room because that stays in the change room. It's always been my motto. And we go and have a drink in the bar. So it never really fazed me at the time, to be fair. But the first season was difficult because I wanted to win it straight away. And I said that to the chairman at Hive. Obviously, being 30, you're a little bit, you know, <coughs> you know, going into the unknown, but I was confident in myself. But yeah, we didn't, I, 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 I can't think, I think we were third or fourth. And obviously, the second season, Got the right blend of players and a little bit more of a budget, which obviously also obviously helps. But the run we had at Hive was for the FA Cup. That was just it was a yeah it was massive. It was the biggest thing that that football club's ever experienced, and probably the players and myself. Yeah, it, um, remarkable. What sort of crowd did you have then on the last? You know, when you played Hereford, 
We had two and a half thousand away at Hereford, but the day, the week before, uh, the round before, we had Staines at home, which was 800 at home. And then we had the draw back at my local pub down in Cheriton the day after. And I didn't have, I stayed out all night, didn't have no sleep in the morning, nothing. And BBC were filming me that day at the pub uh, regarding, <laughs> obviously, the draw. So it's a big blur, to be fair. But the leading up to the FA Cup first round, we had Sky Sports at BBC. I went to Hereford uh, on an overnight stay. Yeah, it's just, like I say, we had the FA Cup down at uh, Hive. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a massive, massive thing for the football club at the time and, and for all the players. But the main aim was that season to get promoted. So that mm. took a little bit of a, a back step regarding that. And obviously, when we went out, the main focus was obviously then picking the boys up and winning the league. Very hard after having all the glamour of the cup around them then. Yeah, we had a lot of games. We had a lot of games. We had we were playing, no disrespect, the same as what we had when was at Whistable, really. You know, just, yeah. we didn't have the Thursdays involved with five. We had the Saturday Tuesdays and Saturdays. Uh, I brought in a couple of players, to be fair, because I had a little bit more money with Chairman Gimme regarding the money which we got from the, I think we raised about 40,000, 45,000 at the time. Wow. Uh, and yeah, just a, uh, you know, that was the main aim and that was the focus, to get boys back up to go and do that. And to be fair, though, we were fantastic right to the end of the, end of the last day of the season. Yeah, that's, that's just an incredible run. It's almost like a fairy tale, isn't it? I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't join a football club as a manager, green, you know, really green, and then all of a sudden have a second season like you just had. It's just amazing. Mm, yeah, no, it, it, like I say, everyone was building about the FA Cup, but... We're never going to win it, like everyone says, at this level and whatever level, unless you're a premiership, you're not going to win it. But the main aim was to win that. You know, that, that club needed to get out of that Kent League. It was simple as that. I think the year before, I think it was Faversham, and it was us and Herne Bay, and Herne Bay done it the year after. So it was there to be done, but you've got to do it. And it's the, it is the hardest league to get out of, as it simple is. as that. And, you know, and there's a certain way you've got to play to get out of that league. And I've done it with... Obviously, Hive and obviously Whistable. Tell me something now. With this, um, oh, this, sound, this might sound weird, but with the sort of like the, the weight of the FA Cup on your shoulders, did it change the way that you looked at everything? Was it a big, was it a burden? Uh, no, I, I, to be fair, I think it pushed us on because we, we like that sort of success. We like the exposure because there was a lot of press and a lot of you know things going on around Hyde and it sort of took Hyde to you know it's a small town down there it took them to, to that limelight and obviously to and you know and I've always said to the boys that was our main aim the league you know this is a journey this is not going this it's going to end mm. but we've got to enjoy it but the yeah. bottom line is we sat them down and we had a lot of meetings and on and off the pitch curry nights this that and the other and we said you know, the league, the league title is the one we want and that's what the chairman wanted and that's what, he, you know, I said I'd promise him to get and that was always every team talk, every training session, we need to win this league, we need to win this league, you know, and we went to some places like, like some Homesdale and places like that on a Tuesday night and it's pouring down the rain and your back's against the wall and you've had so many games and injuries and we just, just kept going and going and going and you're catching, I think we was catching Arm Bay every time and then we got in a situation where we could have won it. I think Easter Sun, Easter Monday, if we beat uh, Beckenham, but we had to go to uh, Wood, uh, Woodstock. I've forgotten what they're called now. What they were called before Norton Sports yeah, or whatever Sports, it was. 
and we knew we was going to get battered. We knew we was going to get bad. And the prospect of winning the league at home on the Monday, and we got beat 3-1. They bullied us, you know. And then we went and beat uh, Beckenham 6-2 at home on the Monday. And then Herne Bay got a late equaliser, so it went on again. And then it went down to the Tumbridge Wells game, which was, like I say, a last-minute, well, five-minute goal from Brendan Cass. And away we go, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you've just, you've just rattled off a few names when you've been chatting, Brendan Cass and all the rest. Some some really good players there, really good players. Mm. But you've had the habit of uh, nurturing players as well as uh, attracting good players because you've had quite a few youngsters down there come through with you, haven't you? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, know, the right, I know the type of player I always want. I don't, I don't have bad eggs in the changing room. I have winners, I have fighters and people who want, want to run through brick walls for me, mm-hmm. you know. You know, you can, you've only got to look at the players I had at Hive. And then I took maybe a year, I think a year and a half out, and then come to Whitstable. And the players I brought to Whitstable, you know, and done the same thing there. So I know the, the you know, the right category of players I, I want and obviously need to, to, to win things. And like I say, it's been proven to do that. Yeah, I think your first year with us in the um, scaffold, you, well, when you joined us, we were on a bit of a rocky old slope and you couldn't quite keep us up, could you, the f- first year? Um, it was no. Always, it was already a, a sort of lost cause. But then the second year, I think you finished eighth, didn't you? Yeah, it was tough the second year, to be fair, because the, no disrespect, the club was in a bit of a, a disarray with a certain Mr Johnson. And it obviously, yeah, yeah what, the, what I went in there to and obviously met with Joe and the board and... Obviously, I thank him, you know, to trust me for what, I, you know, well, no, it was, what's his name? Uh, yeah. yeah, so then then obviously, I think, I remember going to Peacehaven and uh, and I remember going to Peacehaven and that Matt left through certain things and I remember Joe phoning me out, he says, Scott, please, can you make it to Peacehaven? Please, can you make it to Peacehaven? Don't, don't, don't leave us. And I said, look, I'd never do that, Joe. I wouldn't do that to you. So we went all the way down to Peacehaven and uh, we beat Peacehaven, I think, 2-0, I think it was. And it was the Oyster Boys. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, we were near on relegated anyway. It wasn't, you know, with, with all this different steps in relegation and points yes. and all that scenario. So, obviously, after that, you grew a relationship with, with Joe and, and Ron and obviously yourself and everyone. And, obviously, the first year in the scaffold it was always going to be tough because... I said I'd win it straight away, like I normally would and do. Because, <laughs> but it's uh, and I just couldn't get the right Matt, you know, the right players in. To be fair, because they had that to trust the football club, they had to trust me again yeah. regarding moving from different clubs because they were at better clubs and earning better money. So, it, it, and I had in, in the background people say I'll come next year, I'll do this, I'll do that. So I, I did have to work with a minimum amount of people and certain quality of people. To be fair, and it was difficult on the quality I had to work with because the quality wasn't throughout. And then you need to have a, a backbone of 16, 17 quality players. Okay, you need some youngsters in, which which we did. But to, to the first year was very frustrating. We got to the semi-final of the, uh, the, the cup in the league. We obviously lost to Sheppey at home uh, in the second leg. I think I brought Frankie Sawyer in for a certain amount of time. And I had certain players on loan. So it was a very mixed season. But the bigger p- picture was... As that season was progressing, I knew what I was going to get for 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 the for the second season, which we knew that two would go up as well, which it was obviously an incentive. Yeah. yeah, it was an incentive for for everyone, and and just getting my getting my feet under the 
table really and, and how the, the club works the fans trusted me working with the chairman and Ron and, and things like that so yeah it, it, that first season was difficult but it was a it was a, a stepping stone to what we actually did in the end. I think a lot of people underestimate moving clubs, you know, because you know, even as a player, but particularly as a manager, because everything comes back to you. And when you've been mm. at a club as long as you had been at Hive, you've got a certain way of working which they all respected. They knew what you could do, even if you had a bit of a rocky spell or whatever. You, you know, I mean, let's be let's be straight. You're not everyone's cup of tea. You know, no, not at all. <laughs> they, they either love you or they they just turn their back mm. on you. And what yeah. people that fail to realise is that behind the facade, and at times you put up the wrong sort of light facade, you're a really really nice guy. And mm. and once people understand where you're coming from, it all changes. But that takes course, time, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think what people get mixed up with. I'm a winner. You know, I want to win. You know, so my what I give out is in my art. You know, so I give everything, everything to the team, to the to the to the chairman, to the fans, and and the players understand that. And when players do do come across and they say, "Oh, he's this, he's that," until you sit down and have a chat with me, you'll you'll realise I want the same as what the player does. You know, and I want the same as what the chairman does, and and that's the bottom line with me. You'll you'll get what you get. I won't beat around the bush. I'll tell you how it is, and and that's it. And it's you know, and I won't have people take the mickey out of the football club or myself or whatever money they get in or if they're not if they're not pulling their weight, they won't they won't be at the football club. And that's why I've always got people who run through brick walls for me. And you know, I've, and and it's proven what what's been done. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen any of the little um videos and stuff that we've been doing, but when I interviewed Dan, he said exactly the same thing to me. He was asked by you to join him and mm. his dad said don't go, son. Don't go. Yeah. And Dan said, no, yeah. no, I need to talk to him. I'm out of respect. I need to talk to him. And he said yeah, to I mean, me, after he'd spoken to you, it completely changed his outlook on you completely. Yeah, well, I phoned Dan a number of times when I was at Hive. And I said, can you meet me? Well, I don't know, I don't know. I said, just meet me. I'll bring your dad, bring whoever you want. I don't, you know, and we met at Mason Services. And look look how long he's been with me for. I know. Do you know what I mean? So, and he's, he's probably one of the best keepers in the in the league for, for many, many seasons. And uh, um, how many teams have tried to get him from away from Whitstable, away from Hive. And he and he's a loyal, a loyal guy. And like I say, I've had him for, for many years with Whitstable and Hive. And yeah. like I say, I can't. And that's what you get. If, unless you meet someone and listen to people, you can always take a judgment on people on the sideline. And I've always said that to people. I want to I win. I'm a fighter. And... I'm the, I'm the best for myself, best for the football club, and best for the chairman I work for. And until until you understand that, it ain't, you won't know. You know. No, that's very true. And you've had a very successful time here at Whitstable, winning cups, winning promotion. You know, really, really lifted the profile of the club, which I'm eternally thankful for you for. Um, you know, it takes me mm. back to the time when Mark Siegel was at the club, and all of a sudden, you know, we came became a force to be reckoned with. Well. You've put that back at the club, and and I think Black is going to carry on. He's a he's a good lad, and I'm so pleased that you introduced him to Joe and to the football club. So yeah, thank you very much for that. Well done. Yeah, no, no, no like I say, Blackie, you know, I've, my time comes to an end. Obviously, you know, just spent the, the time I had at Whitstable was 
that year was just unbelievable. The, the camaraderie, the players we had, the fans, everyone's togetherness, the Saturday, Tuesday, the Thursday games, winning the two cups, with getting promoted, the presentation, the holiday away with all the boys. You know, I, I think that so a lot of my players who have played in certain leagues and certain clubs, that's the best season they've ever had. You know, and that it is the best season I've ever had. I know I can say it about the, the Hive thing, but recently, this great Hive was different and every, every, every club is different. Every club is different. Uh, yeah, of yeah, course. Cool. Uh, but it needed to change around with Whitstable because it's a great football club and I've always said there's only a certain amount of clubs you would manage. You could get a managed job here, there and everywhere, but unless it's right, it's not right. And it was mm. right to go to Whitstable. And like I say, with Lloyd, my time was up, work, business, kids, football, Ronnie uh, and things like that. It was, it was right to do what I did and I've got no regrets about that. I've served my time with Whitstable. I've done what I've done. My new venture is Hawkins and my work and my boys' football. But obviously, Blackie, you know, he must have been made up from someone to a, another manager to give him another manager's job. Do you know what I mean? He was but absolutely it, thrilled yeah. to bits. Yeah. But but I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think he was the right man for the job. Football's moved on in times. Whitstable's moved on with with Steve and the way the youth policy is going to run, the, run in the academy and what he's trying to do for the football club. And there's not a better man to do it than Lloyd. I, I couldn't work with that, no disrespect, because I work with certain people in football regarding, not so much I can't work with the kids and that, but I haven't got the time. It's not my philosophy to do that, let alone I am working with my kids under eight team or nine team, but that's completely different. That's different. But Lloyd's got, yeah, Lloyd's got that in his locker. You know he what has. I mean? And, he is, and with the way football is now, it's very technical and it's very, you know, mind-blowing with what it is and, and he's got that for it he's got the patience he's got the time and he's got the knowledge and like I say I wouldn't have done it to put him in the seat if I didn't think it was the right person to follow on for myself and you're on a new journey as you just said you know now you're managing out Hawking and um, it must be very frustrating for you you just literally got in the door yeah exactly uh, to be fair we I think I think it was about 10 games in the end we had because we had a lot of postponements and I lost one out of 10. The club was worried about losing their Kent Youth League status and obviously I'm, my brother worked, my brother's close to the football club. I had a meeting with them. They said, can you do this, do that? But like I said, I went there and said, this is what I want. If this is my project, this is what I want. I don't just want to keep you up. I don't want to do this, don't want to do that. I want to win the league. I want to win the league, this league and get to the scaffold one. And I want to get to the scaffold prem. It's on my doorstep. I've had meetings. No disrespect, I was at meetings this afternoon. It's in, it's in, it fits the bill for me. It fits the bill. You know, I've travelled around M25 for the last 10 years. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And my boys' football is important for me. Uh, my work's important for me now. And obviously, you know, the club's looking to, you know, and I've got Welford there. Yanni, Tomo, you know, people like that who are Johnny Walker, you Johnny know, Walker, so I've yeah. got yeah, I've got some good players there and you, you know we have we're planning for to, to win the league. That's my that's my plan and that's they've always been my plan since I went there. And I said to them that's what I want to do. I don't just want to keep you up this year, I want to win the league next year. And they're buying into what I want to do and it's it's a project and I love projects. I've had it at Hive, I've done it at Whitstable. And I want to do it with Hawkins as well. And like I say, it's it's something I thrive on. And maybe I'll probably get to a stage in football like with Hyde and Whitstable where that's my limit and I want to go and start something else, which fair dues. That's, that, that's, that's down to me in my own preference. And that's, that's what I prefer. 
Well, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I, I just can't believe looking at your career uh, as a manager, how quickly you've evolved into a real quality winner. And uh, it's all credit to you, mate. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the problem is that a lot of people don't understand if you put the ball in the final third, you can't concede goals. And now I'll tell you what, it half works. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You just had the last laugh, mate. Well done. Yeah, I think that exactly. just wraps our, our chat up. So on behalf of myself cool. and uh, Scott Porter, Scott, it's been a pleasure today, mate, talking to you again. Uh, we must Lovely. talk. We must keep in touch because uh, you're going to be my second team to look for now uh, once yeah. the old football season starts again. It's Good luck, mate, and I hope you have a great season. Lovely. Thanks, Tony. All the best, mate. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you very Thank much you. indeed. And on behalf of all the supporters, the Oyster Boys, all the old fogies, everybody at the club, we wish you well, Scott. Well done, mate. Lovely. Thanks, Danny. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Now that you've found us on Belmont Banter, every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests for news about local football in Kent and beyond. Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter.